Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jan Vertonghen with a thumping ball. And he waits right at the last. Lamella! Steering by Aldemiro. And he shaved it. Thank you for subscribing to us here at The Last Word on Spurs and joining us for the next hour, as difficult as it may be. I'm sure the last thing you want to hear right now is an hour of Tottenham, bearing in mind the circumstances, what's going on at the football club, player performances, questions about the manager, the future, the board. We're going to try in the next hour or so to give some therapy out there for you guys and just try and understand what is going on at Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. The place, the club that we all adore and it's really, really hard right now. Really, really difficult. But joining me to try and help me through this next hour is Jason McGovern, of course. Myself and Jace are delighted to also have back on the show one of our founding members in John Manning's returning. Boy, do we need some of John's positivity if we can even find that in the next hour. And we're also pleased to welcome back to the show this season Sim from We Are Tottenham Fan TV. But again, I just want to stress, guys, really, really thankful for you giving this a listen. As I said, it's really tough being a Tottenham fan right now. We have to stick together. And hopefully you'll try and get something out of the next hour of all things Tottenham as we firstly discuss Maurizio Pochettino's future 
and where we are going ahead as a football club. Enjoy the show as best as you possibly can, and thank you again for subscribing. Jace, I'm going to start with you. A terrible afternoon for Spurs. I don't think you can get away from that. Brighton won't play better than that this season, but neither will they come up against a team such off their kilter. I mean, do you not think, Jace, at the moment, it seems like that Champions League final was the end of an era, not the dawn of a new one, and it's sadness to see this opportunity slide past us the way we are performing as a team and as a club at the moment. Well, certainly, Saturday was, was I thought, was far worse than the, the game in midweek. I mean, you know, midweek, the defending was terrible. We actually looked quite good going forward and created chances, and there was a bit of bit of pace and a bit of character, certainly in that first half of Bayern, but but Saturday was, um, you know, was a was a nightmare from from the second minute, wasn't it? When we conceded a calamity goal, and um, you know, we, we seemed devoid of any ideas that we, could, we couldn't do the the basics of the game. You know, passing the ball five yards became a challenge, um, and it's fair to say, you know, we've thrown a lot of uh, of criticism at, at certain players, and I've I've been guilty of that for sure. But Saturday, you know, some of the players that have escaped criticism so far and that we do think are committed to the club and we, we do think we give them credit for the fight they show. Eric Lamella, guilty of not stopping a cross. Hugo Lloris, you know, his injury, you think, well, if you'd have caught the ball, you wouldn't be injured. Harry, not making runs, not really showing for the ball. So, you know, it's every single player has to hold their hands up on 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 Saturday because it was a, a shambles from start to finish. John, we're delighted to have you back. We wanted it to be under better circumstances, but I'm going to pick up on a point that Jay says there, that a game like that, that goes beyond tactics, doesn't it? You know, the performance itself was beyond pathetic. The heads dropped so easily, with the exception of a very few. Do you feel, John, in a way you wouldn't really mind if most of that team was sold in the summer and we started from complete scratch next season? Well, I think that's coming anyway, mate, whether we want it or not, because I, I just think it has to. So, it, it's, mate, it's just a sorry state at the minute, but it, they just look shell-shocked. From the second minute, as Jay said, if Hugo Lloris punches that out towards our left-back area, he don't get injured, we don't lose our captain, we don't get that seven-minute stoppage in play where the players think are all standing there obviously thinking, fuck me, we're 1-0 down after two minutes, and, and maybe the game turns out differently. But it's just... It's just one of them things at the minute where even if we, even if that didn't happen, you knew that there was that kind, that ricket has been in us every game this season. Something has happened, and if it didn't happen at that point, it would have happened later on. And it's just, it's just really, really frustrating. The weekend had barely started, and then a load of seagulls come and shit all over our weekend. Hard to really put it any better than that last point, John, to be honest with you. Sim, we're pleased to have you back on the show. I know it's been a while. Again, I'll say to John, which was under better circumstances, is that Brighton showed so much fight and played us off the pitch. And arguably, they could have had even more goals. It's so sad to see, Sim, the players that Pochettino made, developed over these last few years, just not care as much as they used to. There's no grit. There's no passion. No fight. Spineless. I mean, that's the word I can only do to describe it. Spineless. The opposite yeah. of what we were used to not so long ago. It kind of comes to a point in where you find yourself being too upset to be angry. You know, these players, they have let this manager down. Where is the fight, Sim? Where has that gone? Yeah, I think it's completely disappeared from this squad. I think, you know, we lost 3-0 to Brighton, who are a team who... 
they hadn't won a game since the opening day of the season. They were in poor form themselves. And, you know, 3-0 flattered us. It flattered Spurs massively. There's no getting away from that. We were absolutely, from start to finish, just worse off in every single situation. They were creating chance after chance. So you're absolutely right. That backbone that we've developed since Pochettino came into, the, uh, came into Spurs has, looks like it's completely gone uh, from what I've seen this season and the end of last season. Season. Um, but it's, it's a difficult one because obviously you look at our Champions League run and there were hard hard moments in that which we came through but th- this season it seems to have completely disappeared that Bayern game you're, think, you're, you're thinking once it goes to 5-2 we're just going to sharp sharp shop and just not make the defeat too bad and we just completely let, let that one go and then you expect a reaction in this game that's what this team has always done when we've had bad defeats and had bad moments. In the next game, we always um, start off well. We always had give a really good uh, reaction to bad defeats. And this, we just did not see that whatsoever. It was the complete opposite of that. We just let our heads drop again. And I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. I th- I'm, I've got a feeling that, all, obviously, it's not, it's not just a feeling. It's evident for all to see that all is not right with the squad. But, you know, you hear a few, you see a few things um, from a few reliable sources saying that th- these players feel like they've given everything for the for the manager and for the team over the past five years, and they just have nothing left to give. And I, I feel like that this, 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 there's just a natural progression of this squad, which is might just be coming to an end. And it's just very reminiscent of the final days of um, Arsenal under Wenger. And it was very reminiscent of uh, when Klopp ended his time at Dortmund, um, that those final seasons, just these players giving everything for, 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 because, you know, Pochino runs these players very, very hard. And maybe, you know, after five years and they haven't won anything, it's just they can't they can't give anymore. I, d- I don't know whether it's a change of management or re- refresh the squad, but th- these pl- the mentality of these players is completely switched and it's changed. This would never have happened two years ago. These these terrible defeats, even if we were on a bad run a couple of years ago, we would, we would be losing by one goal, maybe maybe two goals, but never like this. And never never put these. This is probably the worst performance we've ever had in a, under the Pochettino era by far. So it's hard to explain how we can, we go forward rectifying these this situation because I, I don't know whether this season we can or I don't know whether we have to wait till the transfer window opens or what because we're in a very, very tough situation at the moment. As we look at things at the moment, we've had 17 losses in all competitions this calendar year, more than any other Premier League team. 18 defeats from 37 games, no away win in the last nine months, six wins from 20 league games. That naturally is going to spark questions about the manager as much as we've discussed the players. And I think it's only fair, before we look back at that Brighton game, we do have this chat about Maurizio Pochettino. Um, If we do all feel that his time is coming to an end, or if it's a case where he has players there that are no longer playing for him, and it's a case of weeding those out. So let's have that debate. And Jace, I am going to start with you on Maurizio. He's been at length on our shows. We've talked about him, God, as we would do over the last couple of weeks. But there has been several reports at the moment that he has not lost the dressing room. But as Sim alluded to in his previous comment, players feel they have nothing left physically or mentally to offer him or the football club and are also unhappy that he does not change his methods. What's your reaction to that? That's from Jack Pitbrook. We had him on our show last week. Fairly reliable, fairly close to the club. Is that what you see out there at the moment? 
if his methods can be criticised and they're tired of them, then it, it's his methods that put them in two title challenges in a Champions League final. So, you know, why should he change his methods? If, if this group has got tired of being receptive to them, then you change the group. Because, um, you know, that's how I look at it. The problem comes, obviously, in that you can't do anything until um, January. We've just had three months to change that group and, and didn't do enough about it. So, and, and we all know it's going to be incredibly difficult to change seven or eight players in in January, which takes you then to the end of the season. And by the end of the season, will we have Champions League revenue and attraction to be able to change the group then the way that we want to do it? So, it's incredibly, incredibly difficult. I th- you know, for me, I think he's built up so much credit and in the difficult circumstances he's worked under. So, and and I've said all along, haven't I, this season, it, it's the players that I'd look at. But when I, I suppose I've been watching football 40-odd years and I've seen this happen at Tottenham and I've seen it happen at pretty much every one of the other 92 clubs. The sad thing is, whenever it's happened, I only ever see it going one way and it's not a way that I want it to go. But I have a fear that, um, you know, with the up and down nature and the inconsistency in performances and if if all that fight has gone and we've we've still got three months to get through, before we can change any of that fight, that by the time those three months come round, then we are going to be in a in a really difficult position in terms of a top four, top six space. I'm not certainly not going to say we'll be in the bottom six, that's for sure. But under those circumstances, at which stage does a board that, that does still need Champions League revenue decide that if we're not going to get there this year, that they'll pull the plug? And as I say, my fear is... And as I look back through all the history of 40-odd years, it's invariably what happens. Lily White Life says, In all seriousness, just like the team, as fans we need to stick together, the extended skid sucks, but we'll get through it eventually. Can't let it get to you. I just hope it's Pochettino that gets the chance to lead us through and on to glory. But either way, I'll be supporting. Just before I move on to John Jace on that point, a question in here from Eddie Gomez at DJS83 who says do we honestly think Maurizio will be here by the end of the international break I know about his contract but I can see Levy and him working out a payment plan and parting ways I think the international break for once has come at a good time for us because I think hopefully some of those players will just get away and and refresh themselves and and have a bit of time to to calm down I mean I look at results today and I think we're what three points off a fourth is it three or four, but three points off of fourth. I think, you know, the time that Daniel Levy will panic is when that gap between us to fourth becomes seven, eight, nine points. So I think he'll certainly get through this one. But with Liverpool away in the next international break and a, and a few tough other fixtures, if we went into the next international break and we're, like I say, we're eight or nine points off the off the list. And let's be fair, it wouldn't be a surprise if we were that far behind the way we're playing. Then that might be the break that, that, that forces something. John? Coming over to you, when players lose that motivation to run for the manager, to press, to defend with their lives, to run through brick walls like they used to, it's impossible, isn't it, for anything to absolutely work. You know, it only adds one way when it comes to that, sadly, as Jason's alluded to. They've let him down. They've let us down as supporters. Where do you see the way forward, John, at the moment? I think that what what strikes me at the minute is it seems a lot of the players are paralysed by fear. And I think it's the fear of, I do think it's the fear of doing the things you've just said, letting us down, letting the manager down. Because I, I get this feeling that 
when you're talking about, obviously, we're talking about experienced international professional footballers here. That I don't, I don't buy that they've thrown the towel in the line. I don't. But what I do, what I do fear is that there's a mental blockage along the line somewhere, which is stopping them from fully expressing themselves because they know if another bad result comes, like today, you've had Serge Aurier's come out and said something on Instagram similar to what Musa Sissoko did yesterday about sticking together and working twice as hard and stuff. And you think, I'd like to think that that is the common consensus. Whether the players say it out loud or not, I don't think they really need to, to be fair. I trust that they that they do care, they do try. I just think that what, what we need is, the, the last fixture I think we need next is Watford at home because they are, we're at home, they're bottom of the league. If you win, it's, well, they're bottom of the league. You should win. If you lose, then I really, really do fear for... Mauricio Pochettino's future at Tottenham, but right, we, we, I, I just I've got this unwavering belief because because I'm a Tottenham fan because it's my club because I feel like at the minute I'm swinging on a pendulum between doom and defiance. It, it, my mood leads me to different mental destinations, if you like. I'll sit there and I'll think about it, and you you think oh, if this if this pendulum that I just mentioned is swinging towards doom, I think we need a change of manager. The players don't care. Bring back Wyatt Lane. Fuck all this NFL nonsense that's been going on today. Sod all that. That's mm. not my football club. No. I don't want. I don't want someone walking down the aisle selling me popcorn and donuts. But I, I, I hate all that. And then I go, and then it swings back the other way, and I go, this is my fucking club. It's been my club since I was born. I'll never ever support another club. I will back them to the hill. And bad moments, ultimately, I tell you what it does. It makes me love them even more. Because you can come and you can you can try taking the piss out of me, saying this about about my team, but it, it, it's not going to make me it's not going to make me do anything other than love and more. Because it just then you realise what it means to you. It's easy to support a club when they're flying and they're smashing it every week. It's difficult to support a club when <laughs> when, when we're going through this kind of period that we're going through now. But like I said, it just makes me love them even more. And I know we've joked on here before about, you know, we've seen it all in the 90s and stuff. When I look back to them times and I think, do you know what? A lot of the time you could forgive them players that we used to that we used to have to put up with because they, they were playing as best as they could, but they were still rubbish. The difference is these players nowadays that we've got, they're, some of them are world, world-class players. They're top players. And that is why it does, it hurts more than it tickles at the minute. But I'm hoping that, you know, after the international break, no injuries, Touchwood. Come back after that. Come back strong. We've got Watford. Then we got then we get back on track in Europe. And then we've got a double header on Merseyside, I think I think after that. So it's uh it mate, it's it's testing, but I'm 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 saying give it a month and everything will look a lot more rosy than it does at the minute. One thing I was gonna say is that, that you know, Musa Sissoko and Oria coming out saying there's nothing we can do more than working harder, which is right. But but the the other, I mean, Jack Pickbrook and things like that have, have said today that so many of the players seemingly seem to think they've they've worked so hard and they can't work any harder. So you know, if you if you've got to work harder, but the players can't work harder, then there's not going to you you can't exactly see much chance to improve. It's a hard hard time at the moment. I mean, let's bring you in, Sim, because. Where do you stand on Maurizio at the moment? Because I just think he has to go back to what his philosophy was when he first came through the door and why we fell in love with him. And that was, 
injecting fresh, young, hungry players that actually wanted to fight for the badge and be proud to play with Spurs and not be afraid to drop the likes of Eriksen, the likes of Alderweireld, the likes of Atongan, Rose, Oria that aren't prepared to commit their future to the club or don't want to be at the football club and maybe bring in the likes of a Jaffet Tanganga, Troy Parrott, Oliver Skip, players that actually want to fight for the shirt, be at the football club. Is that where you're at now? Or, again, does the manager have to take the brunt of this? I think, look, I'm obviously I'm a massive fan of Pochettino and uh, as a manager, I still think that he's one of the best managers in Europe. I don't, you obviously don't become a bad manager overnight. The problem he's got is the, the, the squad that obviously he inherited and, and revamped in his own image. They started young and hungry and driven and wanting to compete uh, with, the, with the big clubs. But now we've been competing with them for, for the, about four, three, four years now. Unfortunately, we haven't won anything. And now we're in a situation where they're not so old anymore. They're not so young anymore, sorry. They are getting on a bit. They're, they're, the squad isn't such a young squad anymore. They're experienced, the, the, especially defence is ageing. And are they up to how, how he plays his football? Uh, in, in a sense that he's very intense. It's very, every player has to be given 100% every training session, every single match. You can't let your standards drop even an inch. And this, this is what can happen. Where do I stand on Pochettino? I I think it's 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 a it's a case where if Pochettino leaves, I don't see how things can improve. Maybe they can improve in the short term, but who do we bring in to replace him in the long term? Where where does that where where do we see Spurs? Do we you know if we if we sack him mid season and then who, who, do we bring in a stopgap or do we bring in a manager mid season who's going to be there for the long term? You know. To play, Managers like you know Allegri or Mourinho, are they just going to swoop in um, in in a club that's not doing so well in hopes of overturning uh, things this season and going on next season? Do they do they believe they're going to get the funds in the summer? I don't know. These are all big questions, but I do believe uh, Pochettino is the best man for Tottenham. I believe that he is he needs time to rectify this situation. He's. He, he needs time to adapt to the situation. This is a new situation for him, where this is the first time I think for, where where Spurs are the whole squad is in this situation where they're not really um, every, things are starting to be questioned. Really, these methods which haven't really happened uh, in in his career at Spurs. So it's a tough, tough situation for him. I don't know, I don't know how he has to deal with it. But I remember once. You know, I remember in the start, in our last season of White Hart Lane, we were, I remember near the beginning of that season, we were going through a really tough period. I think we went 10 games without a win. And I, I, I remember there was quite a lot of pressure on him back then. And he seemed to, and he had to turn things around. We had to end up having a really good season. I'm hoping, I'm still hoping that that can happen this season. Maybe he can adapt his methods. Maybe he can adapt the system. The worrying thing I, I see at the moment this season is he's tried a few different things and nothing does seems to be working. You know, there are calls for having Eric Dyer back in the team. For some reason, Eric Dyer's stock risen to his highest point by not playing for about a year. Um, and, then, and then he got back in the team and he put in an absolute awful performance. So there's, there's a, a few things he's been trying. with diff, Different formations. He went back to 4-2-3-1 on Saturday. That didn't work either. So that's that's a, a bit of a concerning point. But I do think he needs time to turn it around. I think he can turn it around. I'm just... It's, it's obviously it's a worrying situation. You never know. I'm just worried that 
Levy's going to think of the short term and think of maybe if we're not going to get top four this season and he sees that, maybe he decides to push the button and sack him and hope, um, in, in the hopes of bringing in a manager for some short-term gain, which you do tend to get when you sack a manager and there does seem to be a new manager bounce a lot of the time and hopefully, and he'll, he might be hoping that's enough to get us into the top four come the end of the season. But in the long term, I just can't see, unless we're going to get someone like Allegri, who could arguably be a step up on Pochettino, I don't see a point in sacking him. And I, I, I'd much rather wait to the end of the season or, and, and try and revamp the squad. But I, I agree with the other guys. Will Levy give him the time to do that? That remains to be seen. But this, obviously this squad has been together a long time. You saw the graphical match of the day. The top three clubs between Liverpool City and Tottenham. Um, players who have been at Tottenham since 2014 and all the other clubs. City only have three players still there. Liverpool only have three players still there. Tottenham have about eight and, and most of those eight still start as well. So it just shows you how most squads have already revamped their squad since then. And we just kind of kept the same. So I think that's the main issue. It's the, the core of the squad just needs a bit of a revamp, needs some freshness in the squad. And maybe we'll see a bit, bit more hunger, a bit more drive in there. Because I think things have just gone a bit stale. What you just said there, Sim, you know, we were warned this would be a painful rebuild. But no one would say it would be fucking torture like it is at the moment, to be quite <laughs> yeah. frank. I've got to be honest, it is hard to watch it. It's, it's hard at the moment to talk about Tottenham because of just what the feeling is around the club. You mentioned there something about changing managers. And I want to ask you, Jace, this first before I know you want to make a point. When we talk about Allegri to potentially come in, we're talking about a manager that at the moment is learning English. He's not fully competent in English. He hasn't managed in the Premier League. Do we have to be very, very careful in terms of if we are, that some want it to sack Pochettino, bringing in someone that hasn't managed in the Premier League, you've got to be very careful with that, haven't you? Because for me, I'd rather stick with Maurizio than hire the likes of Gareth Southgate or Eddie Howe. I'd rather finish mid-table this season, scrap this current squad, try and rebuild and keep Maurizio in place, rather than going for an Eddie Howe or like I said, a Gareth Southgate. Because my concern is that Pochettino is of the top calibre that Tottenham can attract at the moment. I just don't believe the likes of Mourinho, Allegri and like Angelotti. I think the theory is, could they work with our current board? And that is where I think is the big, big question here. Jace, what's your thoughts on that in terms of changing the manager and the kind of manager that we could attract at this moment in time? For me, I'd sooner certainly wait to the end of the season and give him the chance to rebuild the squad. But I think what you... What you really have to do, I mean, if, if you look at it from Pochettino's view, and he's talked over the, the past couple of summers about we must find a new project. And, and for him, that, that means to take us from being a, a top four club, one that can really deliver titles. And actually, what we're sitting here doing is that the next part of the project is to actually start where he started six years ago, to bring in youth players, rejuvenate the squad, clear out the dead wood, and, and try and get us a little bit of stability. And, and you... You've got to, you know, if you're being honest with him and you've got to look him in the eyes and see, does he really have the hunger and desire to say, well, I'm going to write off everything I've done in the last six years and actually start where I started six years ago at this club. That's that's the hard thing for him to do. So, you know, for me, you, you can only have that by discussing it with him. If he genuinely, not, not when the media ask him, if Daniel Levy genuinely sits down and says to him, do you have the heart and desire to completely start again from scratch 
And and am I any more likely to give you a, a side as good as the one you've had? I don't know. We'll try as best we can, but I can't promise we'll bring in 11, you know, 50 million pound players. And then you you have that conversation. And if he genuinely says, look, maybe maybe I don't want to put up with that anymore. Maybe I have done that and decides to go. Then for me, you let him go. But, um, you know, you, you've got to give him the choice of to what he does in himself. But then if he does go, then you have to worry about who you bring in. But I sincerely hope he doesn't. But I, I have my doubts that he would really, if you ask him the honest question off of camera, if he really wants to go back to, to start the whole thing again, whether he really wants to do that. Just to pick up on the point Jace made there, John, Jonathan Webb, why not start players who are signed? No reason to play Jan, Eriksson, Rose or Toby. Drop them, give them a break and see how you do. Bring in the likes of Tanganga and even Whiteman in goal. Oh, mate, I'm not sure about that. Like I said, I, I, I think that the manager is the one who sees the effort levels on the training field. And if he continues to pick these players, then I'll back, I'll back his reasons for, for picking them. I, I know it's easy to... The, the trouble is, it's so easy to say things like that. And I'm not saying it's wrong at all. I'm not. But when it's going badly, then I understand we're going to get these kind of questions compared to when it's going well. But, like, if, if you've got... The club is obviously... Well, at, at the minute, the club has got uh, faith in Pochettino. He's still there, and long may it continue. But that, if you if you're giving ultimate faith to the to the manager, then you also have to have faith in your selections. And you know, it just it's not. I know it's not working out at the minute. And I know you could say, all right, well, the back four will look like Walker, Peters, Foyth, Sanchez, Davies, whatever you like, or Tanganga. Bring them guys in and put Skip in the middle. But I'm not sure that that's going to yield better results in the short term. I, I've got. I just think that I know we've been there before with this kind of rebuild, as the, as the guys have mentioned. But we were talking about replacing players in 2014-15 that were easier to replace than the ones that we've currently got in 2019-20. I'm talking about Eunice Kabul, Etienne Capu, Emmanuel Adebayor, even Aaron Lennon. As much as I still like Aaron Lennon. You're, you're, it's easier to replace players of that ilk than it is of the current squad. This is what the problem is here. The one major, major issue, the biggest issue this season for me has been the fact that we saw four players, one went out on loan and two we haven't seen yet. And I just think that if that was a slightly different situation, or obviously you're talking about injuries to two of them, which is why we've seen about 20 minutes of Celso and nothing of Cessignon, then that freshness of three new players regularly playing might have made a difference. And I'd I, I think it's not fair to judge Pochettino completely until we've seen every player that he's got available to him being used. And I, oh, obviously, Clark is not getting much game time at Leeds, so therefore you'd you probably think he wouldn't get any game time at Tottenham either. But with Sessignon and Lacelso, I'm hoping that they could be like, well, like, well, two new signings. They are two new signings, but when they start playing regularly, it will freshen things up, give him more options, and we might see a bit more of an injection of. You know, players that actually, if we're saying that there's a couple of them there that don't want to be playing, then there's two there that do want to play as they've only just signed. This season is not over by a long way. I'll say that. I've got every confidence in Pochettino that he'll do he'll do as well as he can with this group. And I, I really hope that he's still there at the end of the season because you know that there's going to be certain players, there will be a mass exodus at the end of this season. So I want to be, with that in mind, it doesn't matter who the next manager is because they're going to lose the same players that Pochettino's going to lose in the summer. And as Sim said, I still firmly believe he's the best man for the job. I'd just say, you know, on, on the question of, of stoutness and the, you know, the, the regeneration of the team we need to do, I think, you know, it, it's fair to say, certainly in that Brighton game, we've, you know, 
as, as John says, we haven't been able to see all the new players we've brought in, but we have seen one. And, you know, when people say he hasn't been backed, it, it can't escape everyone's attention that in a game that we're 2-0 down in, that we have to show real character in, that we do have a fresh young player on the pitch in. He's the one that has to come off at half-time. And, you know, there's a player that has been there throughout pre-season. He did come in nice and early. And and we've said it before, haven't we, that the fit, as hard as it is to adapt to the Premier League and things, I think he's entitled to look at a player like that and think, come on, I've, I've brought you in to give me a bit more. I've brought you in to give me some freshness. And yet he's the player that's perhaps struggling more than anyone else with the, with the demands that, that's being placed upon him. And as good a player as he looks, and there's been, been periods in the games when we look at him and think, well, this could be a real beast for us. It's quite telling that he's the one that has to come off when we really should be turning to him to try and change that game around. Mm. And Dumbele is going to take time, isn't it? I think he's a player with a lot of potential. Uh, just, he just hasn't adapted yet to the Premier League. He's certainly not fit enough. On the point after the game, Sim, I want to ask you, is that yeah. Maurizio was asked you know, what he thought of the game and, again, the pressure of that job at the moment. And he said, I hope that all the pressure is coming to me and let the players be free to recover. Despite the fact, Sim, that it looks like these players are not even fighting for him on the field, he still protects them. You, know, you do feel that some of, them, some of these players do not deserve him as their manager. Well, yeah, that's just the man he is, isn't he? He's always going to protect his players. He's always going to back them up. He's never going to uh, sell them out, um, especially um, to the media or in interviews. Is that right, though, Sim? Do, do you think sometimes... I, listen, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I agree with you on that point, because when Sherwood done it at Chelsea, that yeah. was, I think, the worst thing he could have ever done. He lost that dressing room. But do you think sometimes <laughs> he sticks up for the players too much? He's too protecting of them? I, I, the reason I disagree with that is because it's not half that the players get enough criticism, is it? The players get enough criticism from the fans and the, and and the media themselves. Everyone everyone's saying Eriksson's not playing for the shirt. Everyone's saying the players aren't, aren't trying. That's what they're saying. No one's saying that the players are trying as a manager. Support. Everyone's blaming the players. So if he piles on, that's not going to help anything, in my opinion, anyway. So I, I don't really I don't really see the bad. I, I get what you're saying because I, I, I agree to an extent that. The, the, the players do need to take the majority of the criticism of what's going on right now at the club. But I think if Pochino was to start selling them out at all, start criticising publicly in the media, I'm not sure that would be the healthiest situation to improve anything uh, currently. I think the current the, 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 the way forward is anyway, well, the potential way forward, the best way forward anyway, is to try and um, get some sort of unity back at the club, try and get everyone fighting on the same page and try and just grab those inches that we used to be fighting for, that we're not fighting for at the moment. And even, even if one player isn't on um, a fighting for the, in, in this current day and age and how every, every team now seems to play football in the Premier League. Most teams now like to get it down and play football on the floor and um, try and keep possession and have quick passing. And you saw that with Brighton. Brighton weren't that team last season or two seasons ago. But this season, things seem to have changed a bit, with, especially the teams coming up for the championship. They, there's a different kind of approach. And so if, if, you're, if you're doing a pressing game, um, um, against these teams who are, who are more adept now at pass, keeping possession and passing, quick passing, moving and putting attacking moves together. If you're doing a pressing game and you're not on your game, you're going to get found out because they're just going to pass it around you. They're just going to pick you off. So I think it's a, it's a symptom of kind of our, 
us not being up to this kind of pressing game at this current time. And we're at the moment, teams are just passing around us, finding a way too easy in possession to create chances. And I, and I, and the point before that was being made in terms of we need a regeneration of the squad. It's true. I don't think we need 11 new players. I don't think we need 11 50 million pound players in the squad, but we do need core players to be, uh, to, to, to be replaced, like Ericsson, Toby, Jan, uh, and probably uh, the right back as well. But I think there are, obviously, there's a, there's a lot of good players still there that can, that can, that can move forward. We don't need a complete regeneration, but we need a, a I, I wouldn't say we need to completely start from scratch. I think that would be silly if we, we did that. But I do think we need a major overhaul of the squad. But I wouldn't say completely get rid of everything. Like, you know, we still, you know, there's players like Son still there, Lucas. Uh, I, I do think Ndombele will be a very good player for us. I know he's having a bit of trouble adapting at the moment, but there's definitely quality in, in him for sure. And I think that, that it's, it's tough, obviously. Looking at yesterday's performance, it's tough to say how, how things are going to improve because they're so bad losing to one of the worst teams in uh, the Premier League at the moment um, that badly. But hopefully we can just turn this around somehow. Hopefully we can get the players back on side and back fighting for this team because that's not what's happening at the moment. But... I don't know. It's really it's t- so tough to to say what what because I think it's a cataclysm of a number of problems. So to put your finger on one problem is tough. Just to summarise then on this subject with Maurizio, <laughs> Jace, to bring it over to you, is it quite simple? That another manager comes in, he still has the same squad of players who rather want to leave, regardless of who the manager is, or they are just not good enough. Mourinho, Klopp, Pep, Allegri. It makes zero difference, doesn't it, at this point, Jace? Yeah, I think we're saying that the squad now isn't capable of playing almost the modern way, and most of the modern managers that would come in, well, you know, if Jurgen Klopp comes in or Pep comes in, they they demand you play at that high intensity, and and perhaps they just just can't do it. Uh, perhaps Mourinho is the one coach that can come in that would play pragmatic football, boring, dull football, and he might win a thing or two. But I, I certainly don't ever want to see Jose Mourinho at my football club, and. And as I say, I, I sincerely hope Pochettino is, is given the, the time and the chance to genuinely turn this around. But you can understand, Jace, why fans would maybe want a change because of yeah, his of tactics, the non-inclusion of more on several occasions, the, the, the timing of substitutions. There's certainly an understanding there as to why fans would want a change. Yeah, but then, you know, with, with great respect... I don't know a manager that gets it right 100% of the time. You know, I'm sure there's Manchester City fans moaning and groaning at Pep's tactics today. And, you know, Manchester United fans were singing Ole's at the wheel and now they can't wait for the wheel to stop. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp will get criticised at certain stages. So, you know, I've always said fans are brilliant at making substitutions and getting the tactical setups right. But, you know, every single manager gets it right one day and gets it wrong. And if we look at so many would want Mourinho in, but what's just happened to Mourinho in the last two years at Old Trafford? Mm. John, I'm going to come over to you to finish up the debate. We know, John, that Spurs are going to be forced into a rebuild in the months ahead. And it would seem, John, at the moment, incredibly harsh to deny the man who has been asking for it for two years the chance to oversee it. You would surely think, John, he surely knows what the club need better than a new man coming in now to try and work it out. Absolutely, mate. I think that's just another big reason why I think that the man that the, the man we need to turn this round is already in situ. I think that that's just another another key point to add to the list because 
he, he just you get this feeling from him. Like he said the other day that he hopes they're still talking about his future at Tottenham in another five years' time. And I really I loved hearing that. As much as it's like, you know, we don't we don't want we don't want this kind of conversation going on around our club. When the manager comes out and says something like that, you just get you get the feeling that if there's full commitment from him, then eventually, if it's not happening already, then those that want to follow him, they will do, and he will be able to sort the wheat from the chaff, and and he, he'll he'll oversee this rebuild. Obviously, he's been there long enough now to understand. All right, he knows how fickle we all are. Because if he sees any of the stuff that gets put on Twitter on a daily basis, he'll understand that. But mate, just really desperately, desperately hope that nothing, nothing. Well, it's bad. We're saying it's bad enough already, right? As Jay said right at the beginning, only if three points or whatever it is off the fourth place. It's not. We're not in a position now where any kind of panic button has got to be hit. We've had a sticky start to the season. We've, our away form has been been shocking since January the twentieth, as we know in the league. And it, mate, I've just got. I've still got every faith. I don't know what it is. Usually, I would be going right. I've. I'd. I'd. I would be on the Mourinho bus or. Asking for someone else, and I tell you what, as well, Sim. If you want a manager that's going to come out and publicly criticise his players, and if Mourinho came in, I'm sure he'd be picking on a different player every weekend at the minute. <laughs> that's definitely true. People were saying Pochettino was getting a bit annoyed and stuff in in, in press conferences recently, but I say if we hire Mourinho, you ain't seen nothing yet. Well, guys, I think that is a debate to come, definitely in the future. Hopefully, he turns it round. We're going to go for a very quick break. When we are back, we are going to have to try and attempt to dissect that game against Brighton. Don't go anywhere. We are going to be back after this very short break. Just want to say a massive thank you to every single person that tunes into The Last Word on Spurs each and every week. We can't thank you enough for downloading us, subscribing to us, wherever you are across the world. We want to bring to your attention that we have teamed up again with The Athletic. Now, The Athletic provide a subscription to the company's complete football content library, plus, of course, their US content. Now, if you were listening to the last word on Spurs last week, you will know we had Jack Pitbrook on our show, who actually is part of The Athletic. Now, they actually provide the best coverage of your club. They are a world-class team of writers, completely ad-free, no ads, no annoying pop-ups. And for us here at The Last Word on Spurs, you know... We've seen the most success with The Athletic and how they're doing things over there. And we have got a special promotion at the moment where you could get up to 50% off your yearly subscription, which works out to be just £2.50 a month. All you need to do is head to www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash last word. Key there is forward slash last word to receive 50% off your yearly subscription. They are the new home of football writing, guys. So if you haven't yet subscribed, go and check them out. And as always, we can't thank you enough for subscribing, listening to The Last Word on Spurs each and every week. Free shows, can you believe now we do a week? Thank you so much for all of your support. Sim, ahead of the Brighton game, we saw Eric Dyer start for Tottenham Hotspur with Muta Sissoko operating at right back. Eric Lamella was also recalled to the team, along with Christian Eriksen and Ben Davis. Harry Winks, Deli Alley, Lucas Mora were amongst the substitutes. We've got a question here on that selection, Sim. This is from Christopher Phelps at Phelps underscore Chris, who says, Why the hell is Lucas Mora not starting? That's a great question, to be fair. Um, I, me and my brother have been wondering that a lot this season. Um, 
he because uh, I think he's been pretty good uh, ever, whenever he's been on the pitch this season. Uh, pretty much ever since he scored that hat-trick in Amsterdam, he hasn't seen that many starts. And it's um, a bit perplexing to see. If from an objective point of view, I'm trying to, trying to get into Pochettino's mind. Why isn't he starting? And the only reason I can see is he's playing that diamond formation at the moment. And if you're and in that diamond formation, there's not really a room for Lucas because you've got Son and you've got Kane up front. And if you're not going to play Lucas up front, then where's there room for him? So that's probably why he's not he's not playing at the moment. Then the question is, why doesn't he rejig that formation? Why doesn't he change it up? Um, you know, put Lucas on the right, Son on the left, Kane up front. And that's a valid question. I don't know. I'm not sure why. But then you've also got the problem of we've conceded so many chances recently that we're just not dominating that centre that that midfield, and that we're not dominating the centre. And I, I, so he probably doesn't want to add another attacking player out wide um, without having that control of the centre. Because if we're not controlling it with three centre mids, how are we going to control it with less? So I don't know. It's it's a tough it's a tough call. I I agree. I I think from my point of view, Lucas Moura has more more than deserves um, a few starts coming up because I think he's done a good job whenever whenever he's coming. He scored the equaliser against Man City not so long ago. He was probably our best player against Olympiacos in the Champions League when he started. Um, I think he's done well whenever he's had when he's been given a chance. I think it's very harsh on him that he hasn't that he hasn't uh, been seeing that many starts, especially given our form and hasn't exactly been going right without him. So. Um, I agree. I, I'll question Pochettino on that, but I can kind of understand why uh, he ha- he hasn't been. But I would I would definitely say he needs to be getting more game time. Yeah, Jace, the worst possible start for Spurs as Lloris stepped forward and immediately was caught out by Gross's cross, backpedalling. He catches it, but spilled it from a pie to nod over the line from literally one yard, one yard, even half a yard. Obviously, Lloris suffered that really bad injury in the process but Chase to to let us down three minutes into a game that's our captain that's meant to be our leader this is twice in the space of a week Chase as I said first of all you know it's a worry that in the second minute of the game a player that we we talk about his work rate he's he's just trotting and sticking a leg out to stop a cross so you know we, we shouldn't even have the ball coming in at us at that stage but that doesn't excuse what what Hugo did and I don't think any of us will ever understand quite what happens because, you know, on, on the TV they're saying he should have tipped the ball over the bar. But if you actually look when he gets his hands to the ball, his, his hands aren't really extended completely above his head and he's, he's, you know, trying to tip it over the bar, is it? It's a comfortable catch. It is a really comfortable catch. So I have no idea how he ended up getting himself in the in the mess that he did because it was just a really routine catch, the type of catch that, that you see him knocking in in the pre-match warm-ups of people. You know, he, he wasn't at full stretch. So only he knows how the hell he ended up making a mess of it. And, you know, as I said, none of us want to see that the injury that he's got. And, um, you know, hopefully he is better soon. But as I said earlier, if he catches the ball, he's not even injured. So I don't have much sympathy with him for that. But he's, he's come under a lot of criticism and... You know, he has made a number of high-profile errors. Lots of people have said it's time for Gazaniga to, to come into the side and show that he's good enough. And we'll now get the chance to see that over, what, at least two months. And and at the end of that period, then perhaps January will be a good time to, to have a look if we do need to look at that area of the pitch as well. 
Mm. I mean, we have to set the moment on Hugo Lloris as we understand it. He faces up to at least two months out and possibly even more after dislocating his elbow. The Spurs captain underwent a series of scans and tests which revealed no fracture. And as we understand it, he left hospital on that Saturday evening and is now recovering at home, as we're led to believe. I mean, he will return to Hotspur way at some point for further rehabilitation. You know, the type of goal that it was on, on a day like like that where we really needed a response and you need to show your character you know it, it was a worry that the team reacted to it as they did because you know it was a it was a perfect actual chance to really then do like we did at Southampton to show character in the face of adversity and we actually had 90 minutes to we still had 90 minutes to to sort something out and my concern was that when the when the cameras were going around to the individual players every single player seemed to be standing on their own not speaking. And that was a chance in that six or seven minutes for, for somebody, even if it's, even if Keynes becomes a captain and he's not doing it, there's enough experienced players on that pitch to call those players together and say, come on, this is, this is the worst possible start, but we have 90 minutes to sort this out against a team with one win in 16. Yeah. So, okay, we, this is not the end of the game. This is no reason for us to feel sorry for ourselves and drop our heads. And it was a, a real concern that that reaction didn't come. Maurizio Pochettino after the game said, of course, Lloris's injury affected the players. We cannot take away the credit from Brighton, but the team suffered a massive impact from that action. Do you honestly believe, John, that losing Lloris in that period, which we did, and Jay said there, there was the opportunity for the players to come together. Should have we responded better for that? Or do you give sympathy to the fact that losing Lloris, the manner we did, did massively affect the players and the actual game itself for Tottenham? Well, I can only I can only answer that from the way it affected me. And it did when I see his arm bend backwards, it did turn my stomach over. And obviously you've got a group of players on that pitch that know him personally. They, they know his wife, they know his kids, they know he's just had a newborn. And they, they, for them, it's not just a football player they're seeing buckle his arm. They're seeing their mate buckle their arm. So it's going to affect them possibly... In a, in a different way but Jason's spot on and I, I've, I've got some good friends of mine really do not want Larice to be the captain and they, they believe it should be Kane and again I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree or disagree but that was a massive opportunity there for him he put the armband on if he is captain material then let's, ha- let's have a look at you Harry then you go around and you say come on we've got 90 minutes left of this you know Sim, just, Sim and Joe have, just, have not hit the nail on the head already with the it's just a mate. I can't even talk about it anymore. It's just it's just so fucking frustrating that we're even having to have this chat, and that even happened. If like Jason said, Lamella's not doing enough to stop the cross. If Maurice just uses his right palm and knocks it out towards our left back area, he stays on his feet. It's nil nil. The ball's all right. The ball's in play. You never know what might happen. But what worries me now is you've got all these people that have been having a go at Larice, and probably rightly so recently, considering some errors he's made. But I'm, I'm promising now, Gazaniga's bang average, and we're about to find out, and we are going to miss Hugo Lloris a lot, and that that is what worries me more than probably more than anything else on the weekend is the fact that one of our our really because he, he is an important player. If Pochettino's saying he's big enough in the dressing room to be the captain, and has been for a long time now, then we will miss him. We'll miss his presence. He's obviously got a presence. We don't see it so much on the pitch, but he's obviously got a presence a presence around the club and. It'll be missed, and it, it it now falls probably upon Harry Kane to wear that armband and show us what he's made of. Because his goal scoring record so far this season has been really good. I think it's eleven in twelve now for club and country. And uh, 
let's let's see what his his captain credentials are. I'm, uh, hopefully, hopefully he does a good job and he can he can really revitalise this group of players because if anyone can, Harry Kane can. A nice segue into the the actual question itself here for you, Sim Dave at Dave John King Six says now that Hugo does face a long layoff. Is this the perfect time for Harry Kane to grab that captain's armband on a permanent basis? Yeah, um, I, I think it is a good opportunity to show what he's made of. I was actually, um, rightly right or wrongly, I was I was calling for Lloris to be stripped of the captaincy back when he had that dream driving incident last season. Um, I thought that was quite an unprofessional thing to do and I, I, I thought it wasn't something a captain should be doing. And I thought at the time, look, Pochi decided to keep him as captain at the time, which I which I accepted. But um, and now, obviously, he's had that horrific injury, which I obviously we will wish Hugo uh, the best, and uh, hopefully he gets better quickly, a speedy recovery. But I think Harry Kane is more captain material. What Harry Kane says in the media, I kind of resonate more than when whenever I hear uh, Hugo Hugo Lloris speak. Out. And sometimes Hugo can be a bit negative, and maybe people can call him realistic. But he says things like, "We, you know, um, it's it's um, we can't." He said it's harder for us to win trophies. It's just true. But he, he he's saying don't we're need more to about hear it, that's him. Do you? You just don't need to hear it. You know, sometimes, as you said there, it's just some you, of the things he comes out with. You don't need to hear it as a supporter, to be honest. Exactly. We, with Spurs fans, we know we're that we're not the hub of trophies over yep. here. But we want we want from our captain, uh, for, uh, the captain of a team who had two title challenges not so long ago. Um, we want the. I would like to hear the captain have that belief that we are as good as them, or, or he believes we could be as good as them. And to, for him to say stuff like that is is frustrating for me. And um, not that you know, not that he's what he's saying is completely wrong because it's not. It's just it's not the attitude or the the belief I want from a captain in the team. And uh, I feel I feel like Kane does have have that belief that he he that we could be as good as anyone. And uh, you know what he was saying in the media before the game. I think it was before. Um, the get the game on against Bayern. Um, he was saying in the media how the, the players who are at the club they need to give a hundred percent for the badge and they need to get they need to be start paying all their effort in for the show while they're here even if they don't want to be here. And that's a hundred percent right. And he's a hundred percent right in what he's saying. Um, so you know, obviously the other side of it is does Kane need that extra burden of being captain as well as being uh, you know top goalscorer and all that pressure that's already on his shoulders? Does he need that captain as well? But I think I think he's captain of England. I think clearly I think he likes the responsibility, and I think he's he's always the one you see on the pitch trying to g up the players, trying to encourage them. He's always the one on the pitch when we concede a goal, trying to get the players together. You know, he's he's the first one on the pitch to say let's go, let's go again. So I do think he's the leader of the team. So I I, I do think he's the right man for the job whether whether it will make a difference um because when hugo comes back will they just give him back the captaincy anyway they probably will so i don't think i don't think whether how good of a job he does now will have an effect on whether he is the long-term captain um for the remainder of the season but i do i would like to see how how we fare as kane as the captain for a sustained period of time Brighton made it 2-0. Gazaniga could only push out Conley's shot and the Brighton man slammed it home on the rebound Gazaniga there at fault for you, Jace, or could he do what he can only do in that situation to just palm the ball out? I don't think I wouldn't hold too much for, for Gazaniga on that one. I thought it was a, a decent enough save, reaction save at the near post, and um, it could have gone anywhere. I mean, you know, the ball completely bypasses Jan and Toby, who are both themselves positions further in front of the near post than they perhaps need to be. You know, and and Mopay's totally unmarked, isn't he? Uh, not Mopay. Um, who was he? Connolly, wasn't it? 
totally unmarked and Ben Davis can see the danger. So, you know, there's there's a string of errors before it before it reaches Gazaniga. Um, so, no, I, I don't think you can blame Paolo Gazaniga for that goal particularly. And I have doubts whether Paolo Gazaniga is our, is our number one goalkeeper. I've, I've said that, you know, last year, didn't I, a number of times. But... Um, no, I don't think you can you can you can apportion any blame for the two goals that then went in against us. It's his name, that's for sure. John Brighton in in that second half made it three 0 as Connie curled home his second goal. The lack of pressing from Alderweireld there, John, you know, evident evident to see. What have you made just that first goal and the third goal? The lack of pressing from Tottenham. We saw Lamella, I think, as we alluded to in that opening goal. He wasn't even it was walking pace, wasn't it, John? Yeah. This it's, it's that kind of in that kind of moment you you do you sort of realise that and I I was I was doing a year ago I was saying we need to give Toby a new contract we need to pay him what he wants but I'm telling you if he, if he was to be turning in performances like he did on Saturday for well if you get too many more of them then he'd be getting replaced in the summer whether he decided to stay a new sign a new contract anyway and I just I do think that that what happened there was a case of the first 20 minutes of the second half, nothing really changed. We didn't open them up at all. In fact, I think Lucas Moore had two shots on target, which was the most of any of our players. And he weren't, I think he was our third sub. So that, you know, that sort of sums it up. But yeah, it was, it was just average, wasn't it? That, that Toby did, he, he, he sort of, he, he let him pick which foot he wanted to shoot from. And to be fair, it was a really good finish. It was an actual replay, wasn't it, of Nabry's, was it the third goal that Bayern scored when, was, when Nabry did yeah. exactly the same. It was absolutely almost stride for stride, exactly the same goal. So, you know, he should have learned from it on, on Tuesday night and it obviously made no difference to him at all. Jace, Pochettino said performances have been better than results and painted Bayern as a freak result. An argument for which you know you you have some sympathy with, but there is nothing freak about that scoreline at Brighton. And if anything, Brighton deserved to be having a bigger lead than the one they actually had at that time. Spurs were terrible. Well, I was going to say if there was a freak about Brighton, it was it was only three 0 to them because it did flatter us on the day. And I mean that that was a sad thing. We 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 offered nothing at either end of the pitch really. Just to put that result into context, Brighton, to that point before that game, hadn't scored more than one goal at home in the Premier League then over 10 months. You know, Tottenham at the moment have not scored a second-half goal in their last six Premier League games. Lucas Moura's header against Man City was their last. And if that's not damning enough, you know, Spurs hadn't lost to Brighton since 1983 when they were beaten 2-1 in a top-flight fixture. Just how alarming is it that kind of result, 3-0 against Brighton, the result against Bayern. I mean, it's been it's been a fucking tough week, this one, Jase, isn't it? No getting over it. It has been. None of us can be happy with this scenario. None of the players can be. None of the coaching staff can be. None of the fans can be. I'm sure Daniel Levy's not not impressed with it either. So, but you have to you have to front up to you know you can't gloss over it. You can't pretend it hasn't happened. You just have to react to it and 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 try as hard as you can to put things right. Pochettino on his future, coming over to you, Sim, when he was asked after the game, says, I don't need to show my commitment. It is there after five and a half years. The faith and the belief is there. Until the end, I will try and give my best. But after that, it is not my decision. The only way you can fight negative energy is to be more positive than it. It is to stay all together as long as the club let you stay all together. As I said to your colleague, that isn't a question for me when he's asked about his future. 
he seems, you know, to be very, as he would be, rightly, sim defensive. And he's then questioned further about whether he fears the sack. He says, I'm not worried. What worries me in life is not football. Life scares me, not football. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. He did make a point, Sim, and you are a fan that does go home and away. He says, I feel yep. sorry for our fans. I want to say thank you for the massive effort for coming here. We know how they feel. Very disappointed. Everybody feels bad. The players and the staff are the same. Was you disappointed, Sim, that after that Bayern Munich game, where it's well widely known, tickets were around £77 per person as maybe part of your season ticket or individually as a cost, did it annoy you that it took to the Brighton game to get the apology when you saw Spurs ship a further three goals against a side of that calibre? I don't think it's the first time, so I wouldn't say that that's annoyed me. Obviously... Uh, when I, I go home and away, I'm in the away end a lot. And I think yesterday, it, uh, in the away end, there was obviously a lot of disgruntlement. But the, even at 3-0, there were fans, the, a lot of the fans were cheering, trying to uh, cheer the team on. Because I think we, we know, we know as, as a fan base that this isn't totally Pochettino's fault. We want, we want him to succeed. We don't... I, I don't think we want uh, the majority of Spurs fans want Pochettino out. So I don't think anyone's turning on him just yet. Um, except for obviously, if you go on Twitter, you might think the whole Spurs fan base is turning. <laughs> that's true, though, for you, Sim, to be Yeah, there. exactly. I, but I don't think that's the case if you go into the stands and who's going week in, week out. Um, obviously, when you take in the whole the full picture, Spurs are charging the highest prices in Europe for season tickets. They're, they're charging um, way over price for the Champions League of the group games, especially given the fact they gave such good deals when we were at Wembley for the, 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 for the cup games. Um, they haven't done that this season. And then, or then or, so we're paying such high prices and now we're coming to the ground and we're seeing quite, uh, frankly, awful, awful performances all of a sudden. That's going to be heightened, that, 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 sense of, that sense of injustice and anger that, that, some fa- that a lot of fans feel. But I, I wouldn't put that on Pochettino's door. I think that's definitely the, uh, that's definitely above him. I I, I feel I feel for Pochettino for what's going on at the moment, um, and I and I I'm happy that he acknowledged that the fans were good on on um, Saturday and they were trying to support the team as best they could. Uh, but I'm not frustrated that this apology only came now. I mean, I think we've heard him apologise before. Okay, let's take some listener questions. We've had over ninety this week, so I can't thank you enough for them. John, I'm actually going to start with you for the listener questions. This question is from Darren Hillier, who, put, who starts us off with a really nice positive one. How far are we going to fall? That's his first one. <laughs> and where will we finish at the end of this season, John? Well, fucking cheers, Darren. Um... <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just leave the rope behind for now, John. Blimey. <laughs> fucking hell. I'm just going to take my foot off this trap door. Get back down. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yes, Darren. Right. So we finished fourth last year. So I would say that we might finish fifth. But no, I'm only joking. Listen, <laughs> it's so ridiculous at the minute. You see the results that are going on and have been going on over the course of the last few weeks. At the minute, Crystal Palace are in the top four, I think. So, you know, the sides that you expected to be in and around the, the top four, top six places, the league hasn't taken shape at all yet. You've got. You know, I suppose if you look at the, those four, it's us and Man United are struggling slightly at the moment. You know, they lost again today. But there's still 30 games to go. Like, we have been in this... After eight games, we had two points once upon a time, did we not? I remember getting... I remember my mate who's a West Ham supporter putting a party invitation through my door for a Tottenham's relegation party. We ended up finishing eighth and they ended up finishing ninth, would you believe? 
But yeah, listen, still so far to go. I don't. I think this is probably. I'm hoping, Darren, that this is the furthest that we're that we're going to fall. Our current league position, we're gonna we, we can only go up. And this this run of games and this run of bad results that we've had, and all these stats that we keep getting chucked at us. Like the last away game I was at was at Fulham on the 20th of January, so maybe I'm the problem. The good thing is our results against the top four this year are brilliant. We got an away draw at Arsenal City and we beat Palace 4-0. So well, that's the top that's four record fantastic this year. Everyone's that what you see the problem. Oh, dear. But t- tell me that ain't the problem. We've drawn away at Arsenal, drawn away at City. We've got an away point in the Champions League. In the Premier League, we've lost the what we lost away at Brighton. We lost the home to Newcastle. We, we lost the away at Leicester, where we probably shouldn't have done. You know, and it, it's, it has, it's, you never know which Tottenham's going to... It's quite exciting from that point of view. <laughs> you never you know what Tottenham's going to turn up. Oh, my God. Jace, <laughs> your favourite subject, transfers. It's not about transfers, this one, but more of a, a, a question surrounding the future of the club. Rum Papai says, has the club fallen apart enough or is there enough uncertainty surrounding the club to put off potential January signings, specifically those of big names like Paolo Dybala? Well, um, we'll only know that when we see the position we're in in January. I mean, if they do pull themselves together and we're only three points off of fourth, who's to say we won't go into January in that top four? But, you know, and similarly, if we're 15th by then, obviously it's a different thing. I think, you know, what I would say about the Dybala signing, number one, is really Paolo Dybala the player we need at the moment when we're so lacking? In defensively anyway, and that if we've got 50 million to 60 million to spare in January, aren't we better to invest it elsewhere in the team? And secondly, if you're Daniel Levy, and I'm trying to look at this objectively with Dybala, if you're not convinced that Pochettino wants to be there, are you really going to sign an Argentinian player for an Argentinian manager that you don't think will be there at the end of the season that's going to cost you 50 odd million, 60 million, something like that, and that a new manager won't want. That'll be a club record transfer, wouldn't it? That'll be yeah. a club record transfer, that one, no, most exactly. certainly. So, so for me, you only commit to making a club record signing for the manager that's in, in place if you're convinced he generally wants to stay there beyond, beyond the next few months. OK, another one for you, Jace here. John Wardell at Old J Jub says, I firmly believe the board have lost sight of the purpose of the club. Too much time, effort and money has been put into the pursuit of profit with the building of the new training ground and stadium and they have neglected the most important part, investment in the team. Well, I don't think the training ground makes you a profit, but obviously the stadium the stadium does. Um, yes, we can all say that, that the investment hasn't been there in the way we want. But, my only thing with, with, with everyone that says all they care about is the profit and we can't wait for new owners is that the easiest way to make the profit for the new owners is to sell to somebody who's, who's prepared to, to give them that profit. And until that comes along, then, then I, I don't necessarily agree with that. OK. Over to you, Sim. We've got a question in here from Stuart Old who says, if you are Pochettino, how do you fix this? We have two weeks now, but most of the squad is away on international duty. Great. How do I feel? That's a real, real question there. How do I fix the situation Spurs are in? Um, I guess you have to just try and freshen up the first team, get Lucas um, playing a bit more minutes, um, get him get involved in the team. Maybe you get Foyth back in, um, maybe get him a right back, maybe get Foyth back at right back. He looked so promising there at the end of last season. Uh, but I think it's just having some hard conversations with the with team and just... Um, 
trying to get them all back on side, trying to get that unity together and uh, or and maybe trying to maybe adjust your tactics a bit so the players aren't uh, the players aren't kind of pressing as hard as as they used to be capable of because maybe they're just not capable of pressing like that as 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 they were when they were hungry and young and and, and it was just a, di- a different dynamic. So maybe you know sit back a bit, try and soak up a bit more pressure and try and hit more teams on the counter. I'm not, I'm not. It's a tough one. It's obviously a tough one how you, how you improve the situation we're in. But you need to get these players um, back on side and back on message because because that's how you're going to solve it. Okay, interesting, John. This question here is from. Nick Donovan at Music's My Girlfriend. Very interesting tag. He says, Pochettino was extremely flexible with his formation, tactics and starting eleven. Everything we were calling out for, he's referring to the game against Brighton, it's down to the players. Sloppy, sluggish and defeated within two minutes. How different of a team do you expect to see against Watford? Well, I think that was part of the problem on Saturday. I, did, I, I mean, when, when the players came out at the start of the second half and you see Dyer's part of a back three, I, that mate, that worried me because it's like Potter shit himself at half time and decided right I need to do something now when perhaps perhaps we we could have well, I don't know I'm not, it probably wouldn't have ended up any better would it let's be honest I'm chatting shit now and I let's be honest <laughs> do apologise but I had nothing but you're grief. knackered you aren't you this podcast has knackered you I tell you what it is Rick it, I know we're we're all we're all the same right whether you're at the game or not oh we're you get hurting. you get up Saturday you're like right come on yep. Tottenham I tell yep. you, all I want to do. He's watched fucking match of the day tonight. That is it. I don't care what the weather does. I don't care what anything else happens. I just want to be out to watch match of the day. And when it don't happen, he just puts you on a downer for the rest of the weekend. John, I don't think I've watched it, mate, for the, what, it's six in the, six weeks of those shows. I don't think I've been able to watch them. Oh, sorry, six weeks consistently. I've not been able to watch it. It's ridiculous. Well, I sat down at half ten last night and I, just to see if last week's match of the day was still on the top box, but I believe <laughs> <laughs> That's how desperate it's getting, John. I tell you what, right? Cool. You know, I tell you one positive, and I'm, I'm I'm massively clutching at straws here, but it was really easy to get Red Star tickets. <laughs> oh my God, it, it, it's it's half term, so take your kids. I'm oh my God, mine ain't got to get up the next day. Well, it's funny you say that. Just the away fixtures to come. I, I wanted to end the show on a positive, but Jace, away fixtures to come: Liverpool, Everton, Red Star, Belgrade. West Ham, Man United, Wolves. Can you tell me where that next away win's coming from, Jace? Oh, Everton. We always get a result at Everton, don't we? Are you, being, are you trying to be positive or are you being realistic? No, I mean, Everton are in just as big a mess as we are and Man United are in as big a mess as we are. So, and, um, you know, let's, let's be fair about it. Our recent record at the uh, at the council tip's pretty good as well. Even the women go to the council tip and win. So, no, there's plenty of opportunities to get that away win, but... You just need that confidence to come back into the side, but um, you, you do fear, you do fear that Anfield one might might uh, might be a tough one to take as well because I think that's the day they can break the, the Premier League record as well, isn't it? If they if as long as they beat Man United in the next game, so they'll be even more up for it than they are. But you know, whether you like it or not, they're the fixtures, and at some stage it will change. Okay, right, guys. Well, listen, John. Thank you for coming back on the show. Hopefully, next time we have you on, it'll be under better circumstances because, John, we want to get you on more. We want to get you on regular. I'm sorry you've had to come back for the show like this, John. I do apologise. <laughs> I'm talking as if I'm, I'm, I'm talking as if I've had an effect on that result. I mean, let's be, make it, let's be making it clear. I had nothing to do with Saturday. You better not. You know what? Yeah, but, yeah, but this is what it does to you, Rick. 
I, I changed my shirt at half time and everything. I know. You, you blame it on you. do blame it on yourself. You do. Mm. But yeah. yeah, mate. No, listen. It's always a pleasure. Always. It's, it's always great to speak to you and and Jay and Tim tonight. Thanks for having me. It's been great. It's sh- it's such a shame, John. Before you do go, that we that it's under these circumstances because we do like having a laugh. Just not much to laugh about at the moment. More cry, to be honest. Yeah, no, mate. I, it's it is one. It is what it is at the minute. I think that the fact that you know, I'd like to think we know what we're talking about and we take it seriously, don't we? And we, I don't want to, wouldn't want to offend the listeners by coming on and trying to make light of what is a, a no, situation. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's like ruining lives at the minute. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. No, it is tough, and that's the thing with football. For some people, I mean, it is naturally football to people's lives, and that you know it does. When you get to Johnny, it's part of your routine, it's part of my routine, it's part of our routine as fans. That for us, you can't wait to the Saturday or the Sunday to watch your team and the way they're playing at the moment. Can I be honest with you? I've never been so excited to have two weeks away from it, an international break. I am <laughs> sick of it. That, and that's awful saying that. I love this club. I love the team. But, by I tell you what, this two weeks, this international break, it's come at a good time, hasn't it, for all of us? Even for you, you go every week. As for me, definitely. Yeah, and for you, it's Tim, done. as well, for someone that goes there every single week, has it come at a good time for you? Yeah, 100%. We need these two weeks off. The the, the pressure on my head is, is, is getting too much. I need, I need I need a break. I need a break. The stress is it's, it's, we're trying to hope Tottenham get the, get the result, especially away from home. These away trips for the past year have been um, taxing, clearly. They are indeed. Sim, thank you for coming back on tonight. Real, real pleasure having you. Where can we find your material, Sim? Obviously, we know you do a lot in terms of um, analysing games, reviewing them with your brother. Sim, where can we find you guys? We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We are Tottenham TV. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me on, Ricky. It was an absolute pleasure. Obviously, my brother usually on, comes on with me uh, most of the time. But um, it was an absolute pleasure coming on. Always, always enjoy coming on the pod. You're very kind, Sim. Hopefully, we'll have you and your brother back on at some point this season. And Jace, I think it's fair to say... Um... This is a tough time, isn't it? I mean, for us, it's probably one of the most toughest podcasts we've done since... We've launched last word on Spurs. It's over three years now. Yeah, um, it's a tough time, but it, it's, you just have to to get yourselves through it. And you know, the international breaks come at a brilliant time for the club. But I honestly, wish we had a game tonight, and I wish we had a game tomorrow. And I'll always love watching Tottenham Hotspur. So I, if we had three hundred and sixty-five games a season, it wouldn't bother me. And you will tell me, Jace, that you've seen it a lot worse than what it is at the moment, won't you? That won't make me feel any better, but it's been a lot worse. God, I've watched us in Division 2 draw at Mansfield, mate. So uh, you can't get... For Tottenham, that's pretty much as low as it goes. Yeah, and Jace, do you want to give like a heads up? Because Love Sport this coming Thursday, we have got a two-hour slot. We're not going to be talking anymore about Brighton. Do you want to give listeners just an insight of what is to come in those two hours ahead for Thursday's show? We'll try and focus just a little bit more away from just the current batch of players and, and, and try and have a look at one or two other areas in the club, that's for sure. OK, fantastic. Well, listen, we are back this coming Thursday on Love Sport, talking Spurs for another two hours, if you can bear us. Guys, as painful, as torturous as it is at the moment, try and keep the faith. This is our club. We will rise again. We will find our togetherness and come back. We are Tottenham Hotspur. Thank you for listening to The Last Word on Spurs. And come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.